Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 195 of the Body Nerd Show. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Meg Mill, and we're talking about why headaches may not always be caused by tension, uh, the role that hormones play in headaches, and how the EAT method can help bring happiness beyond headaches. So I've suffered from tension headaches for many years, and I'm super grateful that I no longer do because I know firsthand how much they suck. Headaches are awful. And while addressing neck position and upper back weakness will absolutely help, and that's what I did to get out of that tension headache cycle, I've also worked with clients where the fix wasn't that easy. That even when they did all of the things and worked on all of the upper back tension and all of the upper trapezius, tension, they're still struggling with headaches. So when I got an email from today's guest, I was super intrigued. And I get this, and I've said this before, your body is an interconnected system of systems. It's literally all connected. And when any one system is out of balance, it's felt elsewhere. And yeah, sometimes it is a structural or a movement fix, but I'm also not naive enough to think that it always will be which is why I'm so grateful to be joined today by functional medicine practitioner, doctor of pharmacy, and mom of three, Dr. Meg Mill. Her online practice is focused on helping people end headaches and migraines, balance their hormones, heal the gut, reduce inflammation, increase energy, reduce anxiety, and restore their immune systems. And I know that that sounds like a very big, lofty goal, but when you start to hear her talk about simple things that you can do right now to make some change, you're going to be nodding along and understand how you can do that too. She graduated with a PharmD from Duquesne University and continued a residency at the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy in Ambulatory Care. But after almost two decades in conventional medicine and watching people just survive rather than thrive in our current system here in the United States, she wanted to find another way, which led her to functional medicine. Now, when it comes to the guests that I bring on the show, I'm always looking for other body nerds who are not just leaders in their field, but also want to empower you to take control of your life, not to be a crutch, but rather to be a partner on your journey to enjoying your most fulfilled life. So that is absolutely Dr. Meg Mill. We get into a lot of stuff, but I know that you're going to walk away from today's conversation with actionable things that you can put into play. So enjoy my conversation today with Dr. Meg. Mill. Well, Meg, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, hang out with us today. And I want to start where I start with everyone, which is what do you like to get nerdy about? Well, I like to get nerdy about like the functions of the body. I know it sounds like all, all of the enzymes and things that are going on in our body make such a big difference. We see the big picture, but I love to like dive into data and really discover all of the imbalances that are going on within. So they're, they're a little nerdy. I can get like really detailed in some of those things. I won't bore you though today. Oh, no, no. You're, you're with your people. I was like, oh my gosh, this sounds so amazing. I love it. <laughs> 
Yes, we love to get really into all the things. Because also, too, like when you understand more of like what's actually happening beneath the surface, then your next best step can make more sense for you as opposed to just like pulling random advice off the internet, you know? Yes. I mean, really like gut microbiome can get really nerdy because you can look at all of these different bacteria in your gut and then like how they interact with each other. Even some things are like histamine producing where you're thinking of histamines in all these other ways. But if you don't even treat that bacteria, sometimes it can be coming there or like even your estrogen could be metabolized back into or like released back into your body from different bacteria. So it can get really get nerdy and fun in that way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Well, I have like, I know we're going to talk about headaches, <laughs> but I have all these personal questions I want to ask you too. I mean, that is so fascinating too, to c- consider as well, the impact that the things you put into your body have an impact on what's happening inside your body. I know I got off of hormonal birth control at the start of 2020, just for funsies, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's a pandemic, whatever, let's just like have another (laughs) stressor could be fun. And that's when I really started paying attention to how not only the things that, that you put in your body, but also the stressors you then put on your body from exercise to lack of sleep to all of those things and the impact that it has on your hormones. And I think so many people don't realize how closely connected your hormones are to all of those other things. Exactly. I mean, really, when you're saying the stressors on our body, so we have our hormonal axis is called the HPATG axis. So we have the hypothalamus, the pituitary, the adrenals, the thyroid, and the gonads. So the gonads are the sex hormones like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. Those are the ones that we're talking about a lot. We're always like, you know, thinking of hormone balance, which are great. We need to, but we also, if you if you ignore the adrenals, they're higher on that chain. And so when you're putting those stressors on your body, your adrenals can actually be affecting your other hormones in ways that you're not thinking about. So when you're not addressing those two, you're backfiring in a lot of ways because they're the higher on the chain. So we really need mm-hmm. to look at all of these connections together. Mm-hmm. Yes. And can food sensitivities also impact the adrenals if like your body's always stressed out from, I'm just thinking my, my love affair with bread, it really needs to end, but I just can't quit it. So like, yes. tell me why I should quit bread. <laughs> so what happens is when, you know, when we get something like bread, so wheat in itself does this, it actually, there it, wheat will cause like little tears in the gut lining and then it repairs and then it tears and it repairs. But other food sensitivities, if you also get like dysbiosis, which is like an imbalance of that gut bacteria, or if you have, you know, all sorts of things, stress on your body, so many things can cause this, where then we start to get this leaky gut, this intestinal permeability. And when that starts to happen, our food can get through our gut lining in particles that are bigger than intended. So you want to think of your gut lining like a cheesecloth, like you're supposed to get little tiny particles that permeate through the lining and are absorbed into the blood and we're getting all our nutrients. But when we start to get these tears and we start to get this intestinal permeability, you get your food gets through that lining in bigger particles than are intended. And then sometimes, you know, you can have what's called lipopolysaccharides attached to it and in your what starts to happen is that your body starts creating this immune reaction. So you start getting these IgG antibodies. And when you start getting the IgG antibodies, you start getting things like your immune system's activated. You can start getting inflammation. So that's Mm -hmm. where your food, even foods that are healthy, I do these food sensitivity tests and it's amazing. Like sometimes people come 
in with like turmeric, cinnamon, bananas, you know, pineapple, Mm. things that you think are good for you, which are, they are good for you, but your body might be reacting to them right now. So what we need to do is pull those out. The half-life of those antibodies are 23 days. So when we pull them out for 90 days around, we're thinking like, okay, after 23 days, half of them will be gone. Another 23 days, another half. And so when we look at it and we pull them out for 90 days, generally we can start to clear those antibodies and then you can start to add your foods back in one at a time. So what you would do is add that bread back in, you know, add, add it in for two days, say like, okay, am I having the same type of reaction? Like, am I having a headache? Am I having like bloating? Am I having a rash, eczema, any, you know, anything. And, and then if you are, you pull it out for another four weeks. If you're not, you just reintroduce. So the other thing I want to mention is I do think there's a lot of confusion between a food sensitivity and a food allergy. So people will say, well, Mm. I'm not allergic to that. But a food allergy is an IgE antibody, not an IgG antibody. So Mm. allergies are when you have hives, when you have shortness of breath, when you like Mm -hmm. truly cannot tolerate that food, even in cross-contamination and you need an EpiPen, you need to avoid it. Whereas Mm -hmm. sensitivity is actually a different reaction and they're transient. So they're not lifelong. You can actually clear them. So that's Mm. why pulling them out, getting those antibodies to go away, healing the gut lining can all be so impactful to actually help you to tolerate that food again. Mm, 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 mm. Yes. Okay. That's good to know. Cause there's some things I really like that. I <laughs> I mean, also like I've done other, uh, you know, protocol, like let's take out a lot of the common, um, sensitivity types of foods and then put them back in and see what happens. And that's how I discovered that legumes are not my friends and I should okay. avoid them at all costs. Um, so, but like bread, I'm telling we're in the holidays right now as we're recording mm-hmm. and I just had so much stuffing. I could become stuffing yes. <laughs> and then felt like garbage. Like literally I was like, I'm having joint pain. This is probably not good for me. But yeah. I think sometimes like, and maybe for you as well, like, you know, I'm a very sensitive person. I'm like tuned into all of that. But I think for, if you're not like always thinking about movement and always thinking about your body, some of these other cues you might be getting might be more subtle and easier potentially to like overlook, you know? Yeah. You're not associating the joint pain with the wheat, with the gluten, because you're not, you're thinking that if you had an issue with that, you'd have a, you'd have stomach pain, you'd have things like that, but it can be so many different symptoms. And I think that's why it's hard for people to tell. They can also be symptoms that come up four to 48 hours later. So, Mm. you know, that's another issue is that your maybe what you ate yesterday can be showing the next day, you know, later. And you're not thinking this is from, you know, I ate lunch that this isn't from my lunch, but yeah, you're (laughs) stuffing, but you could be having like the next night you're having Friday night, even though you ate the stuffing on Thursday. So it makes it harder for people to really identify the foods that are bothering them sometimes. Yeah, that's such a great point. And then what about with headaches specifically? Like what role does food choices, gut permeability, and even hormones, like how do those all fit together when it comes to headaches? And the reason why I asked too is because, you know, I've talked on here about like the structural part of headaches and how the soft tissues are involved and addressing that. And I have worked with clients as well. We've ticked all of those boxes and they're still not finding any relief. So how do all of those things fit together? Yeah, that's sort of the web of the, of the things that we work on. So mm-hmm. so what we start, you know, what you want to start doing, so we talked about food sensitivities. Those are unique to each person. So that's something that, you know, you can look at, you can get tested, you can try to pull some of the ones, you like you're saying, you kind of have an idea that might be bothering you. 
There's also another bucket when it comes to headaches with food that we know are more likely to trigger headaches. So these are foods like histamine containing foods there, which are like things like fermented foods are generally kind of where you can start thinking, but also things like avocado, banana, some things mm. that you wouldn't even be thinking that have have histamine. So we want to look at those foods. We want to look at tyramine containing foods. So you think of like aged and che- aged like um, and cured foods when you're thinking mm-hmm. of tyramine containing foods. We're, we're looking at some salicylates. Those are often like citrusy foods. We have uh, MSG, which is in prepared foods, packaged foods. We have aspartame, which is in diets. Um, Even artificial colorings Mm -hmm. and flavorings can be, and even caffeine. Caffeine can actually be used to treat headaches, but it also can be in the rebound can cause headaches. So those foods are, we know like data supporting that those foods can trigger headaches for people. Now, where it gets a little more confusing is that not all those foods are going to trigger for all people. And sometimes it's about threshold. So sometimes you can have one of those foods and you can have, yeah. like, let's say you, I'm going to use wine. It's just a good example because people will say, well, I can have a glass of wine and mm-hmm. I, it's not the wine because sometimes I get my migraine when I have wine and sometimes I'm fine. But it can be about a threshold. So it can be like how much you have. And then it can also be about what you have in combination. So if you're having some wine with some aged cheese, maybe that's put you over the threshold of you mm-hmm. getting the headache. So we need to look at it within the food groups and then look at it within combinations and thresholds. So, so one of the things I have people start doing is actually just if you print a blank calendar and you write it when you get your headache or your migraine, write down what you ate that day and the day before and just start looking for connections. Like start to say, mm. you know, is it, I've had, you know, so many things come up. I mean, it could be lemons, it could be olives, it could be nuts, it could be, there's just so many things that start to come up for people just even in that simple step when you're starting to see patterns develop. And I'm hoping because you're saying all these like delicious sounding foods (laughs) that also based on what you said, you know, that there's a way to bring these back potentially down the line without having that triggered headache. Is that correct? Yeah. And I don't recommend you not eating any of these foods long term. So people will say like, oh, the migraine diet so hard. There's, um, you know, people have labeled that, but it is. It's not real. It's more of a discovery. So it's more of Mm, discovering mm. which foods, because like I said, not all of these foods are going to trigger all people and Mm. they might not trigger you. And so we don't want to limit you. Um, You know, really, I actually want you to have more food flexibility. So I want you to actually, we want to investigate for a, a period of time what's bothering you. And then once we discover some of those things, then you can pinpoint those things and then you have more flexibility in your overall diet. You're not afraid of what's going to trigger you because we've kind of more discovered some of those triggers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like the more knowledge you have, then the decisions you make are more well-informed mm-hmm. and you can navigate a little bit more freely, like you're saying, rather than like, oh, shoot, let me avoid that. Yeah. And like trying to hide mm-hmm. from everything. Yeah. Such great points. But what about like hormones and headaches? Like what's the connection there? The number one question I get within the comments and my DMs and my emails is, I have this issue, what should I do for it? And I get when you've tried icing and you've tried stretching and they're not really working, you probably are looking for a simple program that you can do on your own that actually works. And that's exactly why I put together the Mobility Mastery Toolkit. 
The toolkit includes 30 days of exercises so you know exactly what to do to improve the mobility of your hips, your lower back, your feet, your neck, and your shoulders. Plus, it comes with video demos for every single exercise and a full body mobility workout calendar so you can check it off. And again, you don't have to think about what to do. You just get it done. And with all of those resources, you're just 15 minutes a day from feeling stronger and more flexible. As a Body Nerd Show listener, you can save 50% off when you use the code MASTERY at mobilitytoolkit.co. That's right. Use the code MASTERY, M-A-S-T-E-R-Y, at mobilitytoolkit.co. And then keep me posted how it goes. So the most often thing we see with hormones and headaches are either estrogen dominance or a rapid change in hormones. So if you're someone who's getting migraines right before your period every month or when you're ovulating is another time that they often happen, then you want to cue into hormonal headaches. Now, that being said, there's not usually just one thing. It's usually like a combination of things that kind of create this. But sometimes people do have just one thing. You know, it can be like, wow, that was the that was the thing that was bothering me. So that's not always the case, but sometimes for hormones it is. And you want to really like, if that's the case, you want to start focusing on hormones if you're getting it in this monthly pattern, which can be really mm-hmm. common for many women. So what we need to do is we need to see if you're estrogen dominant, why you're estrogen dominant. So are, you know, do you have too much estrogen? Do you have low levels of progesterone? Because that's, we need to keep estrogen and progesterone in balance. So sometimes it's more about low progesterone even than high estrogen. Then we also need to look at how you're metabolizing your estrogen. So when we look at estrogen, we want to think, we want to use it and then lose it. We want to have enough estrogen for the effects we need on our body, but we don't want it hanging around. And when we look at the metabolites, sometimes I see a, a common pattern that when we're processing it in the liver, sometimes it will process for people in this these other metabolites that aren't cleared. And they're more proliferative. They're stronger. And so we end up with this strong estrogen dynamic, this, these symptoms, because we can't clear the estrogen. So once we, we really do the testing, then we can look and actually modulate the pathways in the way you need to be able to do to, to um, metabolize the estrogen and really create that balance. Mm. That's so interesting. Okay, so, but then how do you help better metabolize estrogen, though? Yeah. (laughs) Well, it depends on what you have. It depends on individually how your body is, you know, metabolizing it in the first place. But one of some things you can start doing is actually eating cruciferous vegetables. So things like Mm. broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, those are things that help you metabolize estrogen. You also want to have things that have like B vitamins, magnesium, choline, or also there's, there's different phases of estrogen metabolism. So, you know, that can also help you with the phase two with methylation. Um, and then you also want to look at endocrine disruptors. So we want to look at our surroundings. There's so many products around us that are called endocrine disruptors, and those can actually add to our overall load of, of hormones. And so, you know, one thing I say is just go look in your kitchen and see, are you eating out of plastic containers? We often eat out of plastic containers, then we heat them in the microwave, we wash them in the dishwasher. When that happens, they're overheated, they break down their structure, and and they're leaching into our food. So then the food you eat is touching all this plastic with this BPA, and you're ingesting it. So we could switch out to just glass containers, and that's like a simple switch that you can do. You can, you want to look at your beauty products. So 
we can go to um, like ewg.org has a site called Skin Deep. So you mm. can go to that site and you can see what your products rate. So they give a product rating because I mean, when you look at the back of the bottle, you don't understand what most of those things mean. So you're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know if mine is clean or not. But you can go there and see you know, what you know what yours rates and what you can get that's a better version. Um, something that is easy. So whenever you're doing it, I just re- recommend taking one product and switching it out as over time because it's, yeah. it can be expensive. So it's like, what do I do? Yeah. I have to you know take all my beauty care products out of here. So it's like, okay, when I'm done with your foundation, you replace that. When you're done with your shampoo, maybe you replace that. And just each time you're done, find a cleaner version. And then that overall chemical load just gets lower and lower and lower on your body. Another place we see it often is in our dairy and our meat because, mm. you know, the cows are fed hormones. We see, you know, we see this happen and then we're getting them. So making sure you're getting like organic, uh, you know, non-hormone fed beef and dairy products are another big thing. Just We just want to look at that overall load and see if we can decrease this estrogen. Yeah. So the uh, plastic container thing, because I've heard this before and I was always like, okay, but really, really? And my dad is working with a uh, functional medicine practitioner here locally. And they did, you know, a blood test where they're looking at all of the environmental toxins and sure enough, BPA, plastics, like all kinds of things showed up in his blood. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I went to Costco and Costco has glass containers for not too expensive. And I also want to just say, for those of you listening, when you upgrade to glass containers, I have never felt so adult in my life as I do <laughs> opening my fridge and seeing all these glass containers. I'm like, we made it. We made it, y'all. Yeah. We got glass now. But yeah, and also to your point as well, it's like one thing at a time. I'm not going to throw out everything in my pantry or my cabinet, but like what is the one next best step I can make that that feels far more doable? Yes. Yeah. So you don't have to feel overwhelmed because I think that's the thing. When we open the toxic door, when we open the door to the endocrine disruptors and we open it and we start seeing like all these things, they're around us, whether we like it or not. You know, we have what we call our exposome is what's, you know, around us and what we're exposed to. And and the thing is everybody's body's different. So you and I may be exposed to the same amount of toxins, but one of us may be metabolizing them fine and not really having any symptoms. And the other person could feel terrible because their genetics aren't set up to process them as well. So we, what we need to do is we want to limit what we're exposed to and we want to maximize our ability to process them. And so we know they're there, whether we want to see them or not. But once we open that door, sometimes it feels like, okay, how do I even deal with this? It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't really shut your exposure off to everything. So it's just being smart about it and doing those things mm-hmm. like you, you just did. Like, okay, I'm just going to go buy glass containers. I'm going to change my products when I can. I'm going to open my windows once a week and let the air run through my house so I can actually refresh the air and have clean air and things like that that are just kind of simple things that we can start to do that start to really make that change. Because it's really surprising. I mean, I think once you start making the changes, it's like, oh, wow, I actually do feel better. I can tell a difference here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so helpful. Keep it simple, y'all. We don't need to go crazy. (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, we dive in and I love testing, you know, (laughs) I have a virtual Mm -hmm. practice. So I I like, I love the test. Like we said, the data, the testing, we can modulate Mm -hmm. things like, you know, that we need to, but there's also things you can just do right now. You, not everyone has mm-hmm. to get there and maybe it's not the right time for you right now. So start at the basics and move as deep as you need to. 
Yeah, definitely. Now back to headaches and like specific actions, you know, so let's say we are, you know, looking at foods and keeping like track of what might be triggers and things like that. Um, are there things that you can do when you like feel a headache coming on once you've identified your triggers and maybe it's something like you can't avoid or someone like, is there anything we can do once a headache is coming on to lessen its severity? Yeah. You know, what? one that you can't avoid very well that is a trigger for a lot of people is atmosphere pressure. So weather mm-hmm. changes can be a big trigger and it's like, how do you avoid a weather change? And right. so that sometimes, you know, you have these triggers that we can't avoid. So what I have a lot of people do is well, there's a um, dehydration is actually another independent cause of headaches mm. and we're often not getting enough water. So we need to really make sure that you're getting hydrated and that you're staying hydrated at a cellular level. So I Mm -hmm. think you should be drinking water like all day long rather than just chugging it when you get, you know, if you chug it when you get thirsty, then, you know, some of that's excreted because you're chugging all the water at once. And we want to make sure that we're really keeping ourselves hydrated. So go get a glass of water right away and drink a glass of water to see if dehydration is a factor. And then often people have success with um, peppermint and like lavender essential oils, rubbing those on your Mm. temples because mm-hmm. those actually can can be very helpful. So if you have essential oils, potentially like rub them on the temples, put a cool cloth on your uh, across your forehead, and even taking something like a curcumin, which is an anti-inflammatory, a natural anti-inflammatory, so that you can actually start, you know, that can be helpful for some of the pain too. Because, you know, once you, mm-hmm. the idea is that we're doing these things so that we don't get them as much, but sometimes they do happen. Yeah, well, especially I cannot control the atmosphere, and that would be nice. But no, it's not mm-hmm. a skill I yeah, have wish, Right? <laughs> we had a I big. Know. I have a headache uh, group. I run a program, a group program. We were having a discussion about that, and like you were saying with the the nerding out, and there's like I really dug deep because we were talking about what we can do and like how the ion, the negative ions change, and like mm-hmm. all these things with the environment and the the science behind it, and it is interesting. But we. We can't change that, unfortunately. (laughs) But that's also too, like that's life. There are things that we have no control over. And so the things that you do have control over, even if it's as simple as the types of containers you're putting your leftovers in, like focus on what you can change so that your entire body, your gut, your everything is a little bit more resilient when these other things happen. Like that is so helpful. Yes. So tell me more too about your, uh, is it the EAT method or the EAT method? Tell us more about that. Yes. So what we do there is we work on, we start by working on enlightening. So we try to look at everything and we enlighten ourselves on why we're getting the headache. So we want to like some of the things that we've talked about. So we look at our food, we look at our environment. We want to, you know, Doing things even like another thing is even getting a water filter or an air mm-hmm. air purifier and things that are cleaning up your environment. Are you triggered by, there's a strong love histamine connection. So do you have allergies that are stimulating that? Some of those things. So we want to look at all of the things that are triggers for us that could be causing headaches. So then the next part we do is work on align. So in the align section, we work on hormone balance. We also work on resetting our circadian rhythm. We want to make sure that Mm. we are sleeping well because sleep's another independent risk factor of getting a headache or migraine. So 
that we're getting good quality sleep and making sure that we have our rhythm set right. And we also want to look another thing that's a big one is stress. And so mm-hmm. we want to look at cortisol levels and how our stress is because I call this sometimes the chain of pain because we think of stress, we, we, we're work, you would see this a lot too. So we think of our stress as our to-do list, which I mean, we all have a lot of stress, but stress is also biological. And so yep. we want to look at that because pain is also a stressor. And so when mm-hmm. you're in this pain from the headache, you're actually getting more stress. And so we want to really break that chain of pain. And so we, we need to do things that are bringing your body back into the parasympathetic nervous system. And we could do that through, you know, so many different things. But one thing I like to have people just start doing is breath work because you can really, mm. if you practice, you can use your breath to bring yourself back into that parasympathetic nervous system. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you're already stressed out or you're already, mm-hmm. you know, in this pain, it's hard to do at the moment. So you have to yeah. do the practice in order to kind of build those muscles to be able to do it in the moment. So some things like that, or just anything, you know, meditation, walking in nature, any gratitude journaling, anything that really resonates with you that helps you bring your body back into that parasympathetic can be really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a superpower for sure. Is knowing yes, yeah, how to I bring know. yourself back to baseline. And exactly, and no, you know it's hard. It, it's hard because those are things that we need to put the mirror up. We need to look at our life. Mm-hmm. We need to make some changes sometimes, and some of those changes are are difficult to make. But even if you don't have the time, if you're busy all day, you can take three minutes out of your day two or three times a day to just sit and breathe. <laughs> you can go mm-hmm. back to the basics and do some of those things. So we, we can mm-hmm. add things in when we can. Um, mm-hmm. And then the next part is we, we really set ourselves up to thrive. So we want to look at some of those deeper connections. We're looking at the, all of the pieces of the puzzle. It's almost like a sliding puzzle where we're putting all this together and, and how deep do we need to go? We can look at the gut, you know, we can look at gut health. We can look at mold toxicity. We can look at, you know, sometimes heavy metals can play a role. And those can be tricky because sometimes even with heavy metals, your exposure could be past. You you could have past exposure to toxins that you're holding on to. So for example, like lead is one that you could have in your bones where when you were young, potentially and had an exposure, it's, it's in the bone, then your bone density changes as you're older, and it's leaching out and you're having symptoms now. So it's it's really mm. kind of investigating how deep, how many layers we need to go in order to really get to that root. And it's, mm. it's really different for everyone. But, and then we look also at things that you work on, like structure and how, you know, how are your, how's the muscle tension? How is your alignment? Things like that to make sure that you don't have any structural issues. So it's really putting all of those components together and really setting you up to thrive and move forward. And when we do this, we I just do all see such a dramatic decrease in both incidence and severity of headaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and also too, it's like teaching people how to help themselves, you mm-hmm. know, and not feeling like, oh, there's this headache, better like buckle up and just like let it come because there's nothing I can do to stop it. And, and fully knowing that, yeah, there still might be some times that you don't have control over everything, but they're the things that you can control, like making the changes, the positive changes in all of those regards. Yes. Yeah. There's, and there are, there's so many, so just take it one step. You know, I think like when we get into January, it's like, okay, I'm going to set my new health goals. And they're in, sometimes we set these goals that are, 
high and that we're, you know, I'm going to work out seven days a week and I'm going to, you know, eat clean and I'm going to, and then we don't meet them. So by February, Mm -hmm. we are like back at baseline. (laughs) But yes, so we just need to make them reasonable and stick to them. Yeah. And tell us more about your happiness beyond headaches program. Cause I know that you do, like you mentioned, you help people with headaches. Like tell us more about that. So I run a program um, called Happiness Beyond Headaches, Headstrong Happiness Beyond Headaches. And what we do is we go through, I've been seeing, I have a virtual functional medicine practice and I've been seeing people for years in my practice and just getting such amazing results. And so I wanted to reach more people. So I run live um, a few times a year and then you can do it actually at your own pace other times uh, where we go through this, these eight weeks of, and we have, there's modules, there's information, and then we meet live as a group too. And really go through all the steps of my eat methods. So you can say goodbye to your headaches. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. what I mean. It's set up with all the things that I do with my one-on-one patients in order to reach more people to be able to get this out there. I want to get the word out that you don't have to, because I, I think in conventional medicine, headaches and migraines are something that are just band-aided. Like you're just not given, you're told like, okay, just cover up the pain. Here's the pain medicine. Here's the treatment. And this is just something you have to live with and you don't have to live with it. So really focusing on these things can make you actually become pain-free that you're not taking the medication, that you're not having side effects, that you're not getting other things like, you know, so let's jump into Advil. So Advil can make the tears in the gut lining that we were talking about earlier And so then you're causing inflammation and an immune response, which can, while you're taking it for pain, can also be something in the long run can cause more headaches and, you know, Mm -hmm. and gut issues and all these things. So, you know, medication isn't without consequence. There's purpose sometimes, but when you don't have to take it and you're able to get rid of this pain, it's, it's so impactful in your life. Yeah. And just having more tools in your toolbox of things that you can proactively do because when you, again, you get to that point where like the pain is here, it's like, well, there's only so much I can do now. So like I said, being proactive about it and making those changes are far more helpful than having to just buckle up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then live with it. And it's sad. You know, it's mm-hmm. sad. I just, I, one of my favorite quotes that one of my patients at one time was like, I just wake up without wondering if it's going to be a headache day and to live every day like, is a headache going to ruin my day? Is a headache going to ruin my day? I'm having migraines all the time. It's a hard way to live. And, and so when you don't have to consider that, you can just live your life without even thinking about it. Um, it you know, it really just makes a big difference in a lot of, in your life. And so there's the, you know, just doing these things right now, there's steps that you can take every day to add these things in. And then I have a place to get started. It's called helpmyheadaches.com. So it's eight Mm. steps you can do to get started right now. So if you're like, okay, I'm ready. I have headaches. I'm ready to make some changes. I'm ready to get started. Those are great place there. It's a workbook. Like you have things you can do to get started right now to get on your journey. And then you see, you, you know, do these things help? Is that enough? And then if it's, if it is wonderful, if it's not, then you may need to see someone like myself or another practitioner to really give you that clear guidance. Cause I do think that one of the things I see is that there's so much information out there now, like we are not without information. (laughs) Everybody's throwing information out all the time, which is great. It's great, but it's confusing. So it's like, I'm trying this, I'm trying this, I'm trying this. And then what do I do? It's not working. Oh, nothing works. But it, you need the right path. You need to have a clear path to kind of cut through all that information yeah. and put all the pieces together in the in the correct way. And once you have that path, 
then you can start to see the change. Mm-hmm. Yes, 100%. And I so appreciate too knowing that there are other you know people out there who are also like, let me help you help yourself. Yes. Because I think both of us are in the business of not having people rely on us forever because we're able to teach them how they can proactively take care of themselves. So I'm so glad yes. to know that you exist and that you're on yes. the internet so that people <laughs> all over can work with you and get some help with their headaches and just their overall health. That's awesome. Thank you. And where can I'll link to everything and all of your links and everything in the show notes for today's episode, but where can people find you on the internet if they want to learn more? Yeah. So my website is megmill.com. It's just M-E-G-M-I-L-L. And the Headstrong program is at happinessbeyondheadaches.com. You can get your free guide, like I said, at helpmyheadaches.com. And then I do have also have a podcast called A Little Bit Healthier. And the the purpose of that podcast. You're a guest on that podcast too. So there's, you can hear you coming up. And the purpose of that is just like we're exactly what we're talking about. Things you can do every day in your life to be a little bit healthier because there's there's so many things. So, um, and then I'm over on Instagram at Dr. Meg Mill. It's just D-R-M-E-G-M-I-L-L. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm really looking forward to everyone (laughs) taking advantage of the resources that you have and helping to heal their headaches and just enjoying life without pain. Because again, sometimes it's not structural. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. And um, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. Now, did I tell you that Dr. Meg was going to be the most amazing body nerd and that you were going to just be as obsessed with her (laughs) as I am? I hope you enjoyed our conversation and I hope that you have a lot of actionable nuggets that you can take forward with you today to getting to a place where you are really feeling better, um, both from a movement standpoint, but also in your entire body. So everything that Dr. Meg shared in today's episode is in the show notes over at aewellness.com slash podcast. So know that you can get everything over there. Um, And definitely send her a DM and let her know what you thought about today's episode or if you have any more questions. So I would love to hear from you what your biggest takeaway was from today's episode. What's that one thing that you are going to start to do in your day-to-day to make some changes and really get out of that headache cycle? So take a screenshot. You can tag me on Instagram. I'm at Hala Framala. You can find me on TikTok at AE Wellness, or you can call the Body Nerd Hotline at 818-396-6501 and leave any of your questions there. And uh, before I go, don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, all things podcast related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast. We also still have some spots in the 2023 Mavens Retreat. So if you've been hearing me talk about it and you're thinking about it or you're like, wait a minute, this is the first time I'm hearing about this. Join me May 17th through the 21st of 2023 in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico for the Mavens Retreat. We have a beautiful villa that is literally steps from the beach and also just a super short walk into town with shopping and restaurants and all of that. It's all inclusive, meaning all of your food is taken care of, your daily movement classes in the morning, and then we also are doing mindfulness in the evening. That's all covered too. We have a fully staffed villa where you can just watch the sunset over the ocean in Puerto Vallarta, which is honestly like the most beautiful, most relaxing place in the universe, I think. (laughs) I haven't been everywhere, but I think this one takes the cake. 
So this is also a great opportunity for us to work together. It's so nice to watch bodies move and then be able to offer you real-time suggestions and, you know, modifications so that you can feel what I'm actually asking you to feel and then leave the retreat moving better and feeling better with tools to help you continue with your mobility practice. So if you are interested in retreat and you want to learn more, you can check out everything that is included, including some pictures of the retreat by heading on over to aewellness.com slash retreat. And if you're like, ooh, this sounds interesting. And yes, I do like to save money. Uh, if you want to save $350 off your registration, just drop me an email with the subject retreat me before January 31st, 2022, and I'll uh, get you hooked up. So all the information is available at aewellness.com slash retreat, and you can send me an email at info at aewellness.com with the subject retreat me. So thank you for being here. Thank you for subscribing and reviewing and sharing this episode with anyone in your life who needs some relief from headaches and will benefit from what Dr. Meg had to share with us today. So here's asking better questions, moving more and managing our headaches in a really holistic way and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.